Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, hello, healthy friends. It's Coach Ashley and Coach Monica back here with another episode of The Healthy Life. Monica, tell us about your week. My week has been good. I busy, busy as per usual, but um, I've been doing a pantry, freezer, and fridge clean out challenge um, to just really get rid of a lot of things. And I'm nearing the end. I can't really craft up anything else, but it's just been really fun to challenge myself to use what I've already had at home. And I was able to mix and match different vegetables and meats and my family's been able to eat nice, healthy meals um, without me spending any additional money. But I'm ready to get back into the grocery store. I am a person that loves shopping, but it has (laughs) really challenged me to use what I have Still make healthy yeah. and still make healthy choices, which has been a fun challenge and break. I was gonna say that sounds like a challenge and very eye-opening. That's I, there's an app, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is called. But there's an app you can actually use that, like, say that you are doing a pantry mm-hmm. or a fridge or a freezer clean out, and you can just like enter in the foods that you do have. Say you have the most random things and you don't know what to make. Yeah. And you just enter it in on that app and it'll give you all kinds of meal ideas that you can use with just those ingredients, assuming that you have staples like spices and flour and stuff like that. It's so cool. And I used to love using it and I completely forgot about it until just now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would have been so helpful. I just go to Pinterest and like type in like ground beef, broccoli, and see what pops up. Or sometimes I just randomly think of a meal. But yeah, it's been really fun. I know a lot of people do no spin January. Honestly, I I can't do no spend month. Like I have to spend something. I don't know. That would be very hard. I would never be able to stock up enough with kids. Yeah. (laughs) So that is my version of saving a little bit of money this month was just do a pantry, freezer, fridge, clean out. That's a great idea. (laughs) Also, the app is called Supercook in case anybody is Curious. It is called Supercook. You can, of course, some of the recipes may not be aligned with health and wellness in mind, but it can still give you an idea. And then you can go into your healthy app and you can turn it into something a little bit healthier, a little bit lighter. But yeah, I love using it, especially when like, oh my gosh, I have all this random stuff and what do I make? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I just wrote that down. I definitely need to look into that. It's exciting. And food is an important staple of our weight loss and wellness journey. And if anybody is like me, when you see something on sale at the store, you go and grab it and stock up. And now your freezer is filled to the top or (laughs) your pantry is exploding and you just keep pushing stuff backwards. And so for me, I'm like, okay, enough is enough, girlfriend. You need to start cleaning this out. You need to use this. (laughs) It usually ends up in some type of soup for me. I'm like, okay, I got some of this meat. I've got a lot of these frozen veggies. I've got some beans over here. You know, like Mm -hmm. we're going to make a soup. (laughs) And that's a good idea too. Low calorie, low bites, throw into Mm -hmm. a soup, get you some broth and get get it going. (laughs) And a good little uh, grilled cheese to go along with it. Gotta have that with my soup. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Now I want to. It's making me hungry. Yes. And speaking of food, my I have a question for you. So have you ever been sitting and watching TV and a commercial comes on? And in the commercial, you see this food that looks absolutely amazing. Kind of like what we're doing right now. We're talking about food. I'm like, okay, this Mm -hmm. sounds so good. You see that food and it looks so good and you feel like you have to have it. 
Why do you think that is? Why does that happen? Why do we see these commercials or we smell this food somewhere out and about and we want it so bad? Why do you think that is? First of all, yes, it happens to me all the time. And that is why I try to skip past commercials because I am the type of person that the marketing within that commercial will get me. And next thing you know, I am at McDonald's getting the fries that they were just showing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that is really, one, it's a marketing technique that is that is geared to get you to have the overall sensory of the smell and the taste. And you want to get up and you want to go get it. But also the connection between our brains and what we're seeing on the TV, it just really makes you want to get up and eat whatever they are showing. That's why I stopped watching cooking shows late at night. Oh. Because I would get up in the kitchen and I'm like whipping up a pulled pork sandwich that I saw on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Yeah. You know, I am the same exact way. I love watching um, the baking championships on Food Network. Mm. Uh, over the holidays, I was watching Holiday Baking Championship and they were making none other than cinnamon rolls. So what do I get up and do? I make homemade cinnamon rolls at like seven o'clock at night. And then I'm mm-hmm. left with, and trust me, guys, they were not lightened up. They were not a healthy version. They were the full on. And then after I'm finished and I've made these things, I'm looking at them and I'm like, why did I do this? You know, mm-hmm. it, is, it doesn't even have to be a commercial. It came from a TV show. But still, that's what I want to talk about today. There is such an impact of food advertising on our eating habits. And we all fall victim to it, I feel like. In some way or another, we all fall victim to it, even if we're not meaning to, even if it's, you know, unconsciously. And you mentioned something. I feel like it has a lot to do with, or at least it ties into um, head hunger versus stomach hunger mm-hmm. or psychological versus physiological. And I'm going to get tongue tied today saying that today. <laughs> <laughs> But there, there is a difference between that psychological versus physiological hunger. And I feel like the um, food advertising industry plays such a huge part in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know that for me, a lot of people say, oh, I can't have chips in my house because it's triggering or I can't have this in my house because it's triggering. I am a foodie to my core. I love food. I love creating new food. I love trying new food. And for me... I cannot watch a lot of those food commercials and or I cannot watch a lot of food shows if I know that I am in a place where I'm having a lot of head hunger. Um, yeah. Th- this kind of also ties into why they say don't go to the grocery store hungry. Oh, yes. I mean, it's not an advertisement, but it kind of is because you're walking around and all the food is displayed. Same principle here. You don't want to go to the grocery store hungry because all of a sudden you're going to be putting things into your cart that otherwise you wouldn't be eating. When you're sitting here and you're watching a food commercial or you're watching a food show, it is there to... One market, whatever it is that they're creating. I mean, um, you know, if you see a McDonald's commercial, they have the music and they have the slow-mo. That's why there is a whole art of food styling. It is to promote that item and for you to go get it. And if you do not have your head hunger in check, then you are going to easily fall victim to some of this food advertising. You are absolutely right. Um, And you mentioned there, I feel like these commercials, they have that visual allure. You know, they appeal to our emotional side, snack ads, fast food restaurants, you know, any kind of uh, brand name food out there. The impact, it hurts us. And it, I feel like it extends beyond our consciousness, our awareness too. Um, and But that's the art of it. That's what they do. They are trying to get into that subconscious level of you to say, hey, this looks good, come buy my product. Mm-hmm. And and we do, we, we fall into it. 
And I, I think that's just super important. And that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it today. We need to understand that these things are powerful influences, you know? So I really want to unravel that connection because like I said, there is that connection between seeing these advertisements, seeing these commercials, or, or even smelling it. Even when we're out and about, you know, you're, you're walking down the street and they have those, the, the windows open or these big um, open areas and they're bringing that food out to you. You smell it. You want it so bad. So I really want to unravel that connection between those marketing strategies and our, our dietary choices because that is going to completely shape the outcome of this entire journey for us. And I think that um, for some people who are out there listening, you're probably thinking, okay, well, this doesn't apply to me. I don't watch commercials or I don't sit and watch the baking show and I don't sit here and watch diners, drives, diners drive-ins and dives. Y'all, that's my favorite show. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is one of my favorite shows. But... Okay, that's fine if you don't watch that, but I want you to think about this. Do you scroll on Instagram? Do you scroll on TikTok? Have you stumbled across Water Talk? What are they using? The skinny mixes. Mm-hmm. Have you stumbled across the Devotion Protein Powder where everyone's using it to make edible cookie dough or to make chaffles? Have you purchased the Rise Protein Powder that's blowing up on the TikTok shop? All of those are advertisements. When you're sitting here, and you're watching your favorite influencer, if you don't want to call them influencer, your favorite person that you follow on social media, and they are posting something and they are showing a code that goes along with it, you have just watched an advertisement. And what it is doing is causing FOMO. I know for mm-hmm. me, when I started my health and wellness journey, everybody was posting about the... um what are they called? The smart muffins. Like everyone had the smart muffins and it was like banana and chocolate chip and all these things that I felt left out. I was like, oh my goodness, they're so successful on their weight loss journey because they're eating these muffins. And then I bought the muffins and they were good. Yes, they were good, but it wasn't something that I needed to be successful in my journey, which is what comes into play with what you said, your dietary choices. It was good, but I didn't need to spend the extra money to do that. I could actually just make a a bag of Martha's muffin mix and swap out the regular milk for my fat-free milk. And it was just as good as the smart muffins. Add in a scoop of Gen Pro flavorless protein protein powder and boom, I've hit the same protein goals for a fraction of the cost. And we don't realize that some of those marketing techniques in these food advertisements are geared towards certain demographics. One, you have your fast food that is geared towards your people on the go. You're living the lifestyle. You want to grab and go. And then there is a whole subset of food advertising geared to us, those that want to lose weight. And they slap a label on it that says low carb. They slap a label on it that says healthy. They slap a label on it that says weight loss friendly. But what does that actually mean? Is it something that you actually need to be successful on your journey? And I am the biggest person who will buy all of the skinny mixes. And it is not something that I need, but it is something that is fun and exciting. And it has helped me on my journey. But if it didn't help me, I wouldn't be buying it just because everyone else was doing it. And that's what a lot of these food advertisements are for, is it doesn't want you to miss out on what everyone else is doing. It makes you feel like you need it to be successful on your journey. Absolutely. And you have to make that conscious choice. We're not saying that all these advertisements are bad or negative or will hurt your journey. Of course, many of them might be the right thing for you. Because of course, like you said, these ads are targeted. They look for a certain demographic. They are tracking as much as we hate that. They are tracking your movements on all social media Mm -hmm. platforms. 
And you are getting these advertisements based on your search history, other things you've looked at, things you've commented on and liked. And that is what they're doing. And of course, again, like you said, um, some of them, some of them are going to be okay, but you have to make that conscious choice. Is this something that's actually going to help me? Is this a magic pill, quote, you know, a quote unquote magic pill or something? Or is it something that maybe you could be using? Is it something that you can turn around and make yourself? But that's exactly what these advertisements are doing. Um, food marketing, they employ a ton of strategies to captivate mm-hmm. you. They absolutely visually alluring, you know, cool music, whatever it is, especially I'm so glad you brought up the social media aspect because of course it's not just on the TV or the radio. Most of us these days, I'd, I'd guess to say 90, at least 90% of the ads that we see are on our phones, mm-hmm. not on the TV, not on the radio. And like I said, they employ these strategies. For instance, these visually appealing presentations. I can think of so many that flash through my head. And of course, I'm not going to sit here and promote all these things that I see online. (laughs) But we get the picture. We understand. We can think of all of these ads that we see that are so visually appealing. And they're going to showcase these food items, these snacks, these beverages, even these cups, these crazy cups, guys, that I've fallen prey to myself. (laughs) Everything looks so visually appealing and it's going to entice you. It's going to entice you to, especially through your senses, like, oh, like I just said, oh, that looks so good or all that, that music sounds really good and it makes me want to buy it. And it's also going to appeal to our emotional senses. We, you know, there might be some sort of heartwarming little video, you know, think of those, those ASPCA commercials, how they get you every time, (laughs) every time, every time they get you. That's what the advertisers are doing. You know, they are appealing to that emotional side of you to grab you in. And again, sometimes it may be good for you, but a lot of the time, maybe it isn't. And you have to consciously decide if that is the right choice for you. And if you're going to let that interfere or help your journey. And more often than not, when you're sitting here watching these commercials, it is starting to, you know, kind of throw off these senses in your brain of, oh, okay, so... If I immediately, when I'm looking at a commercial, I'm thinking, okay, so if I look up the calories for that, maybe that's not that bad. Or if I just modify this or that. And we have to think of the overall health ramifications when it comes to food advertising mm-hmm. and actually taking the step to go out and get them. Now, some of you are probably listening like, okay, if you watch the food commercial, just don't get up and go get it. And that's right. easy to say for some people, but there are other people that have not been able to build what we've talked about before, some of that mental resilience. And they're going to see that commercial and they're going to, maybe not in that instance, but the next day that they drive past that restaurant, they're going to stop because their brain is going to remember that feeling that it felt when it saw that commercial on TV. It's going to remember and feel, oh my goodness, I started smelling it when I saw the commercial. I started Mm -hmm. looking at it. It looks so good. I could taste it. And that often leads to overconsumption because then you're going and you're wanting to try that item. But again, the marketing technique is to get you in the door. So now you're buying the item that you saw on the TV, but you need some things to go with it. You need to have <laughs> some sides. Maybe you need to have a drink. And it, again, leads to that overconsumption. And the problem is, is that after you pick up that food that you've seen on that advertisement, you're doing one or two things. You're either eating it in the car on the way home with the radio blasting. And so you're mindlessly eating. You're not even enjoying the food that you've gone out of your way to indulge in. Or you're bringing it back home where you're sitting in front of the TV and another food commercial comes on and you're starting the cycle again. And that's when we need to start within ourselves figuring out, okay, 
How is it that we can enjoy these commercials, sometimes enjoy the food that we're seeing on those commercials, but we don't allow that to overtake all of our senses. We don't allow that to lead to overconsumption and back to poor habits. Fast food or some of these things that are being shown are not the enemy, but the problem is is that when it's constantly enticing you and you're seeing a commercial for something new every single day, it can create a habit loop of where you're constantly going to the drive-through because you want to try every new thing that comes out. You're right. And that habit loop will get us. Um, We have had member meeting topics on that habit loop. And that is a cycle that you definitely have to break. You just have to be aware of what these advertisements are trying to convey. Are they trying to promote health and wellness? Or are they just trying to promote these unhealthy food choices? You know, you have to be conscious of those decisions. And um, earlier I was talking about that target audience. You know, when who are these marketers looking to advertise to? These advertisers really are looking for that specific demographic. And like I mentioned, they are tracking your phone, you know, looking to see what all you're Mm -hmm. doing. As soon as you start looking up healthy recipes, you know, or diets, then boom, you've got it all. You've got all of those ads right there on your phone or your tablet, your computer, whatever. You are likely going to get, because I know I for sure have gotten these. And in the very beginning, I never would have thought, you know, is this reliable? Because I was new to this. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly who they're looking for. These people who are not well-versed in the weight loss and wellness community yet, they are looking for these people who don't have a lot of the information or the answers. And you're going to get these targeted ads for like these magic weight loss pills, these magic Mm -hmm. supplements, these magic drinks. Um, They're going to prey on those who aren't knowledgeable about this process. And it's important to practice caution with that. And remember that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That is the first thing you have to remember. Yes, yes. And I even now, you know, four years into this journey, I still get the targeted ads for the weight loss pills and all of those things. And some days my brain is like, hmm, let's open this and take a look. And other days I'm like, girlfriend, you do not need that. You already know what to do. And I think it's really important to continue to research the products. And mm-hmm. it's really fun to try out these new things that are being advertised. And I'm never going to tell someone not to try it out because if I see something fun, I also want to try it. But we should be doing our own research. If someone is showing healthy muffins or healthy Pop-Tarts, y'all, I love the legendary Pop-Tarts. If someone is showing that, then you need to go and research for yourself. Okay, what do the calories look like? What do the sugars Mm -hmm. look like? What do the carbs look like? Does this fit in my current lifestyle? What I'm trying to achieve for my weight loss and wellness goals? Because just because someone else saw the advertisement and they liked it and they tried it and it's, popping off in the group. Um, that's one of the things I love about our healthy members and meetings support group is that people find something that they like and they post it. There's a certain energy drink right now that is on sale at like Costco or Sam's or something and people are posting it in the group and they're going crazy. But what you don't realize is that that certain energy drink is not going to work for everyone in their lifestyle. And right. you create a phenomenon of like, you got to go get it right now before it's gone and before it's out. But really we need to stop Take a step back at whatever it is that the advertisement is, whether it's word of mouth, something that you're seeing visually or something that was emailed to you and tell yourself, is this something that I need for my journey? And if not, I'm not going to buy it. If I'm interested and I want to try it, see if there's a sample version that I can purchase it in. 
without making this big commitment. And now I'm trying to figure out how to use this big tub of whatever. And I'm not going to say to never buy into any type of advertisement at all. But just like with anything else, you need to do your research and make sure that it actually is backing up the claim that it says it is like healthy or low carb or low fat or whatever the case may be. Don't just take it for face value because a lot of these things are marketing tactics. And then you get it and you start eating it and you realize that your body cannot take sugar alcohols and now you have the bubble guts. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And again, that falls back to conscious decisions. Like mm-hmm. you said, do your research, look into it. Look at the people who are promoting this, If especially if it's on social media. Who are these people that are promoting it? Take a look at their profile. Are they promoting several other things that are related to this? Chances are they're probably just out there to make money. Do they actually believe in this product? You know, it's always so important to do your research. And a few minutes ago, you mentioned um, taking a look at like the calories or your macros. Mm -hmm. That brings me to my next point is the portrayal of portion sizes. Mm -hmm. I can think of a select few dine-in restaurants, um, national chains that have commercials out there. And their portions are outstanding on that commercial. Mm -hmm. You know, advertising really can distort that perception of those portion sizes and it can lead to Mm overconsumption. You know, I, we've heard so many times, or at least I have America's serving sizes or our portions are huge compared to other portions. And when you really step back and take a look at it, you look at traditional American meals versus like anywhere else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's crazy how much that we can eat. But then that can fall into other episodes that we've talked about where you can eat so much more for less calories depending on what it is you're eating. And in that case, it's true. Of course, you can have huge portions of foods that are more whole in their mm-hmm. more whole form and less process. Of course, you can eat a lot more. But the point is, be careful about what you are seeing visually with these commercials because more often than not, they're portraying these portions. And you may see this huge, uh, you know, this huge plate of steak and potato and <laughs> vegetables and, and rice and salad and all that. And of course, individually, nutritionally, they're probably great. But added up on this entire plate, you're looking at 1,200 calories already, mm-hmm. you know? Portion distortion is real. And that is exactly what these advertisers advertisers are going to be using. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you just said, they they're not, when they're giving you the calories, they're not giving you the calories for, they're not accounting for the dre- the extra side of dressing that you asked mm-hmm. for in the restaurant. They're not accounting for if you get something to drink. They're definitely not accounting for the bread basket on whenever they say this, the portions. And I have the pleasure or the, or, you know, whatever to be from the great state of Texas where everything is bigger in Texas. <laughs> fried steak covers the entire plate. The mashed potatoes and gravy is drowning. But, you know, I've also been very fortunate that I've been able to travel internationally. And I have seen firsthand the fact that... So, yeah, for me, being from the great state of Texas, everything is bigger here. The portion sizes are bigger. We even have restaurants where you can go and get a chicken fried steak smothered in gravy and it covers this big plate and it's like an eating challenge. And I know that you were talking about... Um, how people internationally, their portion sizes are way different. And it's mm-hmm. so true. Um, I've been able to see that on both sides of the spectrum. I've been very fortunate to travel to Budapest and to Rome. And when wow. I was there and we went to the restaurant and they gave me the like the cup to drink out of, I'm just like, is this a kid size? Like, what's going <laughs> on? And it didn't include refills. So I was just shocked. I was so wow. shocked. 
And they only had, people are going to like nag me here. Y'all, I ate a lot of food when I traveled internationally, but sometimes you just want comfort food. So I went to the McDonald's there. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, their like regular size fry, like that comes with their standard adult meal is our small size fry here. That's their regular Interesting. And, yeah. And then they're, like I said, their drink cup is like what would be considered our very small drink cup that not the kid size, but right above it. And mm-hmm. it was so interesting to just see that here we have where you can get a small, medium, large, extra large, depending the on super size me, <laughs> super size me. And with our fries and our sides, it's like, again, small, medium, large, extra large, super size. And to see that their large is our small and it blew my mind the fact of the portion sizes that we have here in America. And then on the other side of the spectrum, my family used to host foreign exchange students. They came from all over. Yes. Mm-hmm. We had students from like Germany and Thailand and Czech Republic, Ukraine. I have to say that because if, if they ever, if any of them ever hear this, they're like, you did not mention where I'm from. There were so <laughs> many other students. And When they got here, they were just, again, amazed by the portion sizes and the amount and the fact that we can get unlimited refills of sodas at restaurants here. Mm -hmm. And I remember that we had one student and she was a grant student and we went to a restaurant and it was one of those where they have the self-serve soda machine that you like push the button and then decide what you want. And we were sitting down eating our pizza and she was gone for five minutes. And I'm like, where are you? And she was like, oh, well, you know, you can keep getting soda out of this machine. I'm like, I know you can go up anytime that you want. You don't have to stand there. And she was just standing at the machine testing every single soda because one, she could not believe the size of our cups. And two, she could not believe the fact that you could get refills. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, it's crazy, but this is also so sad that these exchange students would come here, most of them, and they would be considered back home like a size small or, you know, really, really pretty by beauty standards. And Mm -hmm. then they would come here, they would do their exchange year, they would indulge in American food, they would indulge in American portion sizes. And then they're on Snapchat or WhatsApp with their friends back home. And their friends are saying, why did you get so big? Or at the end of their exchange year, they're saying, oh my goodness, I need to buy new clothes in order to go home because none of my clothes fit anymore. And when I get back home and I get back to eating our normal food, I'm going to be able to lose the weight. And mm-hmm. so if you are someone that's like, no, our portion sizes are not out of control, um, they are. I just gave you two examples. And so what do we do about that? The portion sizes are not going to change. The advertisements right. are not going to stop. And it just shows the power of advertisements because those same exchange students, when they got here, the first thing they would say to us is, I want to get Cheetos because they <laughs> wanted American Cheetos. Right. They wanted American Kraft Mac and Cheese. They all wanted to Classic. go to Sonic because they kept seeing the Sonic commercials and they were like, what the heck is Sonic? <laughs> and what else was it? They wanted to try American McDonald's, which they were disappointed in. But there were like food commercials that they had seen that they were like, we have to go here. And I'm like, it's really not that exciting right. to get there. But it just shows that it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or what's happening in your journey. Those food commercials can get you. And portion sizes are a killer. So you have to have a system in place to combat that when you're going out to the restaurant and they tell you on the menu that it's 130 calories plus this, this, and this. 
but they're not accounting for the actual portion size that they're giving you in the restaurant. You are absolutely right. And that is such a great example of how these, all of these health issues with the advertisers, how it is and can lead to childhood obesity as well. That's a huge thing. And especially those from other countries that are coming over here, like you just showed, um, it's crazy how it can affect us like that. Again, you have to be so absolutely conscious of all these choices. And that brings me to how, how are we going to resist these influences of the advertising companies? How do we resist that? Because it can be hard, you know, especially those who are coming from other places. And they, like you said, they see these commercials. Mm-hmm. They're appealing to that emotional side of us. They're appealing to that, oh, you got to have it attitude. So how are we going to resist that? And I think the first thing we have to do, which is what we're doing here today, it's increase the awareness of it. We subconsciously don't always think about what these advertisements are doing to us. Again, whether it be on TV, radio, social media, we're not always conscious of those things happening to us. So we have to be conscious and we have to be aware. We really need to think about how these marketing tactics are vital in this journey. Mm -hmm. Understanding that advertisers are most definitely going to manipulate us. They're going to manipulate our perceptions. And that we need to be able to make more conscious and informed choices. Like I said, it's not all bad. You know, not all of it is bad. Not all of it is negative. Not all of it can be detrimental to our health, but sometimes it can. If you see an ad, just do some research on it. You know, Mm -hmm. research is going to be your best friend. Take a look at who's promoting it. You know, are these people that are promoting, are they licensed? Are they in fact doctors? Even something as simple as like, you know, you see a commercial on TV and it's say it's a dentist commercial and you've got this guy in this white lab coat and he's promoting this toothpaste or this mm-hmm. whatever it is, this toothbrush. And you look at the little, the bottom of the screen and that tiny little area with these barely perceptible words or mm-hmm. barely visual words. And it says, not a licensed doctor or not a licensed physician. You know, legally they have to put that on there. But sometimes in other ads, especially when scrolling through social media, you don't always see that stuff. So Mm -hmm. do your research. You know, it's so important to look at who is promoting this. And again, I will always say it is it too good to be true? Does it look like it? You know, and if it looks like it's too good to be true, then it probably is. You just have to think about is this something, this advertisement, is this something that can truly help me? Yes. And not only being aware of advertisements on, TV or in your social feed, but when you're out to eat with family mm-hmm. and friends, when they give you that menu, that is an advertisement of the food oh, yeah. that they have to offer. And when they sneakily say, do you want that dessert menu? And you're seeing it and it's so pretty and bright. You have to make a decision of, and we're not saying go for the fruit plate or go for the sugar-free right. dessert. You can go for whatever you want to go for, but you really have to take a look at the overall a meal that you're enjoying. You have to take a look at the calories. You have to take a look at, okay, what does the serving size look like? Prime example, there's a cookie company out there. Y'all know it, Pink Box. Um, everybody <laughs> loves it, drops flavors every week. I used to love their cookies. There's nothing wrong with them. I wanted to get one the other day because I saw a commercial and people were talking about them and they look so good. I did mm-hmm. not do it. Oh, that's good for you. I didn't do it. However, when I first heard about those cookies, and I started going to go get going to eat them. This was at the very beginning of my weight loss and wellness journey in 2019. I looked online and I saw that it said, "Oh, a serving size is 220 calories." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that is amazing! That's like, not bad, yeah, not bad at all for that cookie." But when you actually go to their nutrition facts on their website. A serving size varies depending on which cookie of theirs that you're eating. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that serving size is only a fourth of the cookie. 
Sometimes that serving size, that is that 220 calories, is only for a sixth of the cookie. But little old me did not do my research and I saw 220 calories and I was knocking those sugar cookies back like it was nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that that was a four serving cookie. Wow. So you have to do your research because again, they listed 220 calories per serving on the website, but they didn't exactly. list that the serving was four, four different slices until you go and you actually look at the nutrition facts for that particular cookie. And that's why we just say, do your research. And now Mm -hmm. it makes sense why they sell the little gadget to cut your cookies in force because you're only supposed to be eating a fourth of the cookie. And there are some of y'all that even though you just found out that information, your mouth is on the jaw for the first time because you know what cookies we're talking about, you're still going to go get the weekly box this week and you're still probably going to eat the entire cookie which is going to be 1,000 calories and not 220. And so you have to make the decision for you. What is worth it? Mm -hmm. What is the advertisement saying? Yeah, they get you with the sprinkles and the drops and all the the hype around it on social media. But when you actually look at the nutrition fat, does it fit into your day? Does it fit into your lifestyle? And is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. That is a wonderful example. And I'm thinking of so many different things where I have myself, my eyes have been opened looking at these. You see the nutritional label. You see, oh, okay, it's 120 calories. But what is the serving size of that? Mm-hmm. It makes me think also just like a bottle of soda. I think it's like the 16.9 fluid ounce bottles of soda. I'm almost positive that there are multiple servings in that bottle. Yes. And we are so easy to just down an entire bottle. You mm-hmm. know, wh- whether it's diet or zero or regular sugar soda, whatever it is, um, that's sneaky because it says, what are they? Usually like 120 calories, I think, mm-hmm. per serving in those bottles of soda. But there's usually about two servings at least Yes, in those bottles. It is so sneaky. And that's why you have to be conscious. That's why... Um, I'm so glad that my eyes were opened when I was, it was probably a few months into my journey where I started realizing, read labels. Yes. Reading labels is going to open up this whole new world of your journey. You know, just because something says low calorie or low fat or fat-free, I guarantee you, and I'm not dissing on any fat-free products. I still use them. I still use fat-free cheese sometimes, you know, or fat-free, whatever. Same. I still use it. But when you look at those products, there's almost always something else added in Mm -hmm. to replace that. Okay, there's no fat. Well, fat makes things taste good. (laughs) Yeah. So what are they, you know, it's the truth. So what are they adding in to make up for that? Maybe it's not as many calories. Maybe it's not as much fat as the other product, but they have to replace it with something, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it taste good, which could also be just as detrimental to your health as just say having the full fat product. Absolutely. And that is, and I'm not saying do this way or do that way. Go for the fat free or the full fat, you know. Both can have implications to your health, obviously. You have to make the conscious decision to choose what is going to be best for your health and what fits into your day and what is going to make this journey sustainable. That is such a good example because we talked about this a, a few weeks back in the member meeting of Uh, like different pasta sauces and people usually go for like no sugar added. But when you actually turn the bottles around and look label for label, there's not really a difference in the calories and in the sugar and all those things. So reading labels are so important. And that's why when you're going out to eat and people ask this for anyone who is tracking their food on their journey, they say, well, when I'm going out to eat, how do I make sure that everything is tracked accurately? You can't. 
Because just because they say on their menu that something is 360 calories, okay, but did you modify something? That's not that's not included on their pre-existing menu. Or was there someone back there cooking that day that added a little bit extra love to your food, mm-hmm. extra butter, extra oil, whatever the case may be? And so you can't always hit hit it on the nose 100% of the time, but it's figuring out what works for you. And something interesting that I wanted to share, specifically about being in restaurants. I learned this when I was going when I was going to school for restaurant and hospitality management. A lot of people like to go and eat out with their family. And I think it's a fun pastime, but a restaurant is designed color-wise based off of how long they want you to spend in their restaurant. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why McDonald's changed their design, if you all remember, if you've been around long enough, McDonald's was red and yellow. When you're going into a restaurant and you see the colors red and yellow, when you first come in, you're like, oh my goodness, this is fun. It's Mm -hmm. so inviting. I'm going to sit and eat. But eventually over time, those colors start to seep into your brain and they make you feel like the walls are closing in. They make you start to feel a little bit stir crazy and a little nauseous. And so you leave. So back then, McDonald's wanted you to come in, have your kids in the play area, do the thing, order the happy meals, get your ice cream cone and go on about your day. Have your parties there, but be in and out because they didn't want to be there for a longer time. What does your McDonald's look like today? Your McDonald's, now has brown, Mm -hmm. white, tan, green elements, resembles a coffee shop. And they changed the colors because now their target demographic is not the kids playing on the playground. Their target demographic are the people that work from home, that need free Wi-Fi, that want to sit and enjoy the environment for a long period of time. They now have their bakery. You can eat the pastries. They changed the inside of their environment to make you want to stay longer. That is an advertisement. Most of the restaurants that we like to go to, they have low lighting, the booths are brown, you have tans. Y'all, all of that is an advertisement that is going to play into your psyche to make you want to either stay longer or they want to turn and burn those tables. And so that just goes to show that no matter what you are doing in your journey, everything is going to be some form of an advertisement. So just do your research, be prepared, and decide what is best for you and what decision do you want to make in that moment. Absolutely. It's genius, isn't it? It is so mm-hmm. genius what they do and how they work, how they how they just speak to our, our psychological side, you know? It's wild. And you know, when we're talking about ways to resist these influences, you were mentioning or we were talking about ingredients. And I think another mm-hmm. thing that we can, aside from awareness, another thing that we can do is nutritional education. You know, education is going to be instrumental, absolutely mm-hmm. instrumental when guiding us towards making better choices. Um, you guys know how I love to learn. We talk about it all the time. I love yes. to learn. You know, knowledge is power. And knowing that the nutri- or knowing nutritional values of foods, it's most certainly going to make a difference. It's going to help you make better choices. If you look at a product someone is selling, like say a protein bar, do your research on those ingredients. What are the first three ingredients? That's what I always mm-hmm. say. Look at the first three ingredients. Are they mostly whole foods? Are they a bunch of processed and artificial sugars? One thing I learned most definitely is people are sneaky. Mm-hmm. Product manufacturers and marketing advertisers, they are sneaky. And they, and again, not all of them. I am not dissing on all of them, but <laughs> you just absolutely have to be careful. You have to be careful in anything ending in O-S-E, the mm-hmm. O-S-E-S. You know, fructose, sucrose, maltose, dextrose, all of those. Oh, and including corn syrup and uh, what's the other one that rice syrup yes. that they add. 
all of those are added sugars. And though those are most definitely almost all the time going to be added in a lot of these products that they are selling. It's just, I can't stress enough how you have to be a, a label reader. The first thing you should do when seeing an advertisement, let's look at the label. What's what's mm-hmm. in this thing? And you just basically unlocked a cheat code that a lot of people don't realize is looking at the first three ingredients of your Mm -hmm. food. Um, The first three ingredients is what's most prevalent in that food item. So if your first ingredient is cane sugar, y'all, cane sugar is the has the most volume in whatever it is that you're about to consume. And so you want, I mean, y'all, we can't avoid sugar. We can't. Right. But you want that to be lower down on the list. You don't want that to be in the top three. If you can help it, not even in the top four. You want your top three, again, like if you're having a bar, to be maybe like rolled oats, Mm -hmm. chia seeds, something else, semi-sweet chocolate chips, whatever you want it to be. But you just want those first three ingredients to not be one of the ones that end in the O's. You don't want Mm -hmm. it to be, you know, just straight cane sugar, high fructose corn syrup, erythritol, this and that. You want the first three ingredients to be an actual ingredient that is a whole food. And that's how you're going to be able to start seeing, okay, this is a little bit better for me. It doesn't have a higher sugar content. And then you'll start to read the rest of the nutritional label from there. But look at that ingredient list. What are the first three ingredients? Absolutely. And if, you know, it, it's kind of a freak out moment. Like you, people start hearing this kind of stuff that we're talking about for the first time. They're like, well, what do I do? Like everything's made like this. I completely understand. And again, I still eat protein bars. You know, I mm-hmm. still buy these things that I know have the high fructose corn syrup, but it's it's a balance. You know, it's not something that we should be looking toward eating all the time. Mm-hmm. I understand needing grab and go convenience foods. But at the same time, look into, is this something that I can maybe make you know, quickly on a Sunday evening and have for a couple of days throughout the week. I know those, I can't remember, do they call them energy bites or energy bars? It's like oats, peanut butter, a little bit of Oh, honey. are those the um are those the RX bars or the verb energy bars? I mean the ones that you can make on your own. Oh, the, oh yeah, like little energy balls. Yeah, yeah. I, I make those all the time. Yeah. And and you can you can completely modify it to anything that you want to add in there. You know, of course it's gonna take a little bit of time, but if you can make this yourself on the side and have them as a grab and go, then go mm-hmm. for it. You were talking about pasta sauce before. Pasta sauce to me is one of the biggest things out there that they can throw so much sugar in. Even the low sugar ones still have so much sugar. And guys, I'm telling you, all I do is I take one of those, I think it's like the 64 ounce can of uh, tomato sauce, just plain old tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. Mix it up, throw me some garlic powder, some onion powder, some fresh garlic, whatever, a little bit of Italian spice. And that's all I need. And then I know what the ingredients are in it. You know, Mm -hmm. I know that there is nothing else added. There's always a way to go around it. You know, if that's something that you are willing to put the effort in towards doing for this journey of yours, it's always worth checking out to see, maybe I can make this a little bit better. Maybe I can fit this into my lifestyle. Uh hundred percent. And I know that we find these brands that we like and it's like, oh, it's organic and it's low sugar, but a brand can easily be bought out. My favorite pasta sauce, they were purchased by another brand and I recently bought a bottle and it does not taste the same. Uh, it doesn't taste fresh. It's so bad. It doesn't taste fresh or organic anymore. I'm like, why are there no seasonings in here? But that's why we can't just depend on the store-bought convenience things. Yes, they're great for a grab-and-go lifestyle. They're great if you're just like, okay, I'm learning how to read food labels. But you just gave a quick and easy 30-second how to make a pasta sauce. Right. And batch prep that on a weekend. 
put it in a Ziploc bag, store it in your freezer, you're good to go. Whenever you're ready to make pasta, take it out, cook it up. Or not even, because it literally takes 30 seconds to open a can, throw in some spices, warm it up. And we have to get out of only doing items because they are advertised as convenience. You can make your own convenience items though. You absolutely can. It's It, it can be a total mind game with these advertisers. Mm-hmm. And um, you just, again, knowledge is power, guys. Just do your research. I think we just have to be conscious now that we're spreading this awareness, now that we are getting it out there and talking about it. I think more and more people now are going to be like, hold up, wait a second. I saw this advertisement now what? We're not going to yes. automatically click add to cart. We're not going to automatically buy because this pretty person on my screen said that it works. Mm-hmm. You know, We're going to take a step back now. I think it, we're on our way to change. So just to wrap up, guys, keep in mind that the impact of food advertising on how we eat and the problem of overconsumption is a complicated issue. You know, It needs everyone's attention, which is exactly what I was hoping to get through here today. Um, they're sneaky, sneaky little psychological tricks, and they use the wider consequences of society's health. All of it's just super important. And the message here today, guys, is it's really straightforward. Consumers, educators, you know, those policymakers, advocates, I think, and and then just like all of the regular everyday people, you know, we're gonna have to work together. Let's try to work together and encouraging just being more mindful. And I know we throw that word out a lot, being mindful, this mindful eating. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean mindful eating in the sitting down and taking your time, chewing your food, enjoying. I mean, I mean being mindful in these choices, doing that research, like I said. I think by doing this, we're gonna be able to gain more control over our choices. Being conscious, being aware, it's going to allow us to be more in control. And it's going to help us contribute to a better and healthier informed society, which I think is so important. The more informed we are, the more we work together in spreading this awareness, the better off we're all going to be. And the power is really to create a better food landscape. So let's, you know, let's use this knowledge and this power wisely. Mm-hmm. As you were talking, I was singing that song, We Are the World, in my head. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Because I'm like, yeah, I could just hear it. Like we're all holding hands and going on this journey together. And I couldn't have said it better myself. We just need to be mindful of the things that we're consuming, both with just sitting and eating, but also with the things that we're consuming into our brain. It's so important. It Mm -hmm. plays a key role in our weight loss and wellness journey. And when you start to unlock the potential that these advertisements are creating, and the harm that some of them are creating to your weight loss and wellness journey because they are labeled as a health food. When you start to realize that for what it is, you can make more informed decisions. And all we want you to do is make more informed decisions. Absolutely. Never telling you, do buy this, don't buy that. We're just simply telling you to make better, you know, more informed decisions. Don't let those sneaky advertisers win, you know? Look it up. That's all we're saying. Do that. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. With that, everyone, I hope you all were inspired by this episode. I hope that it reached you in a way that you are going to be able to make more informed decisions now. And um, we really enjoy doing stuff like this. I'm hoping that we can continue to do more broad topics like this Mm -hmm. because I think it's super important. And I think this kind of stuff can play just as much of a role as eating right and doing our activity and drinking water, you know? Absolutely. With that, everyone, thanks again for listening and we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all.